So I wanted to share with you this morning a couple things. And this is, first of all, this is the time that we usually would take our offering. And I wanna encourage you this morning, continue to give in all this season. And again, not because we need it, but because we need to be connected to our source. He's our source. Um, you know, in the middle of whatever you might be facing today, he's your source, you trust him for your, for your body, for your, your mental state, for your emotions, for your, your finances, for everything going on in your life, he's your source. And the way you stay connected to him, part of the way you stay connected to him is through your giving. So continue to give if you'd like to give to the church, afachurch.net. You can uh, give online that way. Um, you can always mail in your check or whatever you'd like to do as well. And so God bless you as you do that. And I know he will because he's faithful. Amen. I want to share with you a word, though, um, from Luke chapter 17. And I, I want to say thanks to my son, Luke, who's doing my video recording. That's why this thing looks so terrific this morning. Uh, so thank you so much, Luke. Luke chapter 17. And uh, I want to continue a message I started a, a couple of weeks ago about faith. And, you know, it's it's a it's a interesting season that we're in and you know I, I shared with you last week just briefly um, James Dodd did an awesome job by the way too and I'm so thankful for him but I just shared briefly in that video that you know sometimes during some of these things we go through some things we walk through some things and you start to get this thought in your head from from the enemy because I know where some of these thoughts come from you start to get a thought in your head like oh I can't I can't speak about faith because you know I tested positive for COVID or something that does no 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 that doesn't have anything to do with anything. I'll tell you what, whether whether you're sick, if you're if you're well, you thank God that He's He's made you well. You you have your faith in Him and He's keeping you well. If you if you get sick, your faith in Him is making you well. Amen. It's the same faith. It's got nothing to do with what I'm going through, what my situation is. My faith in Him is what is what makes me strong. My faith in Him is what's making me well. My faith in Him is 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 doing everything for me. Amen. And so I wanted to, to share with you about faith because I believe in this season that we're in, we need this more than ever before. Um, maybe more than ever, at least as much as, but maybe more than ever before, we've gotta be grounded in our faith. You know, we've gotta have, we gotta have mature faith because it's one thing to have faith to save, faith, to, faith for salvation, but I'm telling you, we gotta have some strong faith in our lives because we are going through a lot of things now and we don't want to be looking to say, well, the Lord's going to, he's going to save me and I'll go to heaven. We need to have faith now that he's going to take care of us now. Amen. We need mature faith. You know, with, with my children, I, um, I, my, my oldest child, I, uh, took her recently on a missions trip to Puerto Rico. And, um, you know, I, some of the other kids, they say, well, why don't we get to go to Puerto Rico with you on, on a missions trip? It's because you're not ready. Sorry, Luke, you're not ready yet. You know, sometimes when they're young, they, they um, you know, they, we, we serve dinner and they say, I don't want to eat that. I don't like that. I don't want this. I don't want that. And it becomes, I don't know if you can relate to that, but it becomes a struggle sometimes trying to get them fed. So I say, no, you're not ready yet because as you get mature, you recognize I have to eat this even if I don't always like it. That was me with Brussels sprouts, amen? Uh, I never liked Brussels, I still don't like Brussels sprouts, so I, my wife doesn't fix them, but my mother used to all the time fix Brussels sprouts. I couldn't stand it, but I got to where I could eat them and stomach them without, with very little gag reflex. 
But as you mature, you're able to handle different levels of responsibility. It's the same with our faith. Our faith has to go from immature faith to mature faith. And so this morning, I want to encourage you because I believe the Lord wants to take you to a mature faith to, to, a, to develop, help you develop your faith because you're gonna need this in these days ahead, amen. So let me share this with you. I wanna start at Luke chapter 17. And um, again, I, I wanna say um, thank you for praying for me and for my family um, and for our staff. We've got a couple of our staff, a couple of our staff members who did test positive along with myself. Um, but I thank you for praying for us and everybody's, everybody is doing well. Thank God for that. Everybody's doing well. Nobody really, the, the worst symptom I had was I couldn't smell anything. That was it. And it's, it's already coming back. Um, the, uh, health department called me and I told them they wanted to know my symptoms. I said, well, I can't smell anything, but other than that, I feel great. They said, no, you probably have some, other. I said, no, I feel great. hundred percent other than I can't smell anything. And the lady on the phone said, well, it's going to take a long time for that to come back. I said, no, 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 it's not gonna take a long time. In fact, it's already starting to come back. And, and right now it is starting to come back and I can smell some little things. I'm, I'm thankful for all that. So I, I thank God that in the middle of this, you know, this some people really, really struggle with some of this stuff, but the Lord's been so good to us. It's not been any trouble at all. So I thank God for it. You know, sometimes we look at our, we look at our problems from a place of defeat instead of from, a, from an attitude of faith. We're going through a problem, we go through a situation and we start to get kind of this defeated mentality. I'm going through something else, I'm struggling with something else. But listen, we're fighting today a good fight. It's not a, it's not a bad fight. It's not a depressed fight. It's not a fight of anxiety. It's a good fight because it's a fight of, it's a good fight of faith. And, and, and faith has to be tested sometimes. I can say I've got all the faith in the world for God to provide for my needs knowing that I have millions of dollars in the bank. I don't, but just, you know, if that's the case, I say, I know God's gonna provide for me, praise God, I've got millions in the bank. I don't have to use my faith, do you understand what I'm saying? But when, when you have to use your faith, when there's a need, now it's the test of your faith. And so sometimes faith's gonna get tested and that's good. It's good to fight those battles because then you're ready for the next battle. You're, you've, got, you've developed a mature faith. Um, sometimes I wish we didn't have to fight that wouldn't it be good if we just said man we got faith and so now nothing is ever gonna we're never gonna have any problems no sometimes you've got you've been given faith so that you can use it because you're gonna need it in the days ahead amen um but in luke 17 he says this in verse 5 it says the apostles said to the lord increase our faith that's a pretty good request isn't it that's a good thing to ask for lord give me more faith I've heard people pray that prayer. Lord, I pray you'd give us more faith today. You know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't say, boom, you got it. Here's your faith. Let me write you, let me write you a faith check from God. Here it is. He didn't do that, did he? Um, the, now, these guys, it's interesting. These guys had to ask for more faith. There's, there, now, listen, there is some things you ask for. He'll just give it to you. I mean, that's the grace of God. He'll just give it to Lord, I need favor. Boom, you got favor. I didn't have to... There's some things you got to do for it, but Lord, I just thank you. You'll give it to me now. But faith isn't like that. He didn't say, yeah, you can have it. The apostles prayed, Lord, give us more boldness because they were, they were, um, they had been arrested. They had been beaten, right? They were released. And they said, they, they told them, don't preach in the name of Jesus anymore. And they went out and they said, Lord, give us more boldness to, to speak your name even more boldly. And, and so they were given that boom, you got more boldness. But with faith, Jesus didn't say, okay, boom, here you go. You've got more faith. 
These guys should have had some faith now. They were walking with Jesus every day. They were living with Jesus. They were um, eating what he ate. They were uh, sleeping where he slept. They were traveling with him. They saw him do miracles every single day. In fact, he even commissioned them to do the same miracles that he was doing. And yet they said, Lord, increase our faith. And so you know what that tells me? It tells me just hanging around church doesn't give you faith. Just even, listen, as good as miracles are, and I believe miracles can be a faith builder, but just seeing miracles in and of themselves does not necessarily build my faith. And Jesus told them how to have increased faith. He didn't criticize them and say, come on, you guys, you just get some, get some more somewhere. He told them how to get some more faith. And let me show you what he, what he said here. Because he, he again goes to the mustard seed. Look at verse six. You're with me now, right? I know you're sitting in your lazy boy this morning watching this. So hang with me this morning. Luke 17, look at verse six. If you've got faith, the size of a mustard seed, the Lord said, you can say to this mulberry tree, and a mulberry tree was in, in, in different translations, it might word it differently, but it was a big tree, in other words. The big tree with deep roots, a big, heavy, immovable object. Be uprooted and plant it in the sea, and it will obey you. So he, he doesn't, it's, an, it's a weird thing to say, Lord, increase our faith. And he says, hey, look, if you've just got a little bit of faith, if you've got faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mulberry tree, get up and go. So what's he doing? He's again, I talked about this last time, if you remember, if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to that message. But he was again talking about our faith is like a mustard seed. It's like a seed. It's something that you've got to plant and you've got to use. Faith grows as you begin to use it. That's the lesson he's given him here. Now, listen, faith comes. We know faith comes a couple of ways. Faith, faith comes, well, it comes one way. It comes by hearing. And I want to, I'm going to come back to this, but I want to go to Mark chapter 4 for a second. Mark chapter 4, and he says, this is the, the famous parable of the sower. And he talks about, um, he talks about, the, the word that's sown and everything. You know the story. You can read through that. But I want to look at Mark chapter 4. Look at verse 24. He says this, Pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. By the measure you use, it will be measured and added to you. So listen, he says, Pay attention to what you hear. Now, I think that's the problem with a lot of people. We say faith comes by hearing, but we're not paying attention to what we hear. We're coming to church and we're hanging around and we're shaking hands and we're drinking coffee, but we're not paying attention to what we hear. You've got to pay attention. You've got to be in this word. You've got to be reading this word. You've got to be feeding. You've got to be paying attention. You know, there's a big difference between hearing and paying attention. I know this. If you've got kids, you know what I'm talking about. In fact, if you've got, if you've got ladies, if you've got a husband, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? We men have a gift for this. We can listen and not pay attention. I notice it, it's, it's funny because I've got girls and boys and I've noticed it not so much with my girls, but with my boys, they're fixed on something on the TV or something and you can talk to them all day long and they won't hear a word of what you've got to say. I, I have to get their attention. I have to get, say their name, get them to look at me so they can hear what I'm saying. Otherwise they won't hear what I've got to say. You can hear and not pay attention. And so um, I, I heard this story about about the Morris Code in the early days when they had first developed the Morris Code, they were hiring 
at a, at a telegraph office and they put out an ad for everybody to come if they'd like to apply for the job. And so the office had filled up that particular day with applicants, they were all there and sitting in the room waiting and waiting and waiting and a young man walked in and he sat down and he waited for just a couple of minutes and he got up and he walked back into the back of the office and everybody looked at him, what's this kid doing? He walked back there, he was back there for about two minutes and then he came back out and he announced to everybody, hey, you can all go home. The, the job has been filled, I've gotten the job. And they all looked at him, what do you mean you got the job? You're great, Why, how did you get the job just by walking into the back of the room? And the, the young man said, well, didn't you hear all the dat, dots and dashes? He said they were spelling out uh, the words, are you listening? If you can hear this, come on in, you've got the job. See, they were all in the room, they all could understand the language that was spoken through those dots and dashes, but they weren't listening, they weren't paying attention. Pay attention, Jesus says, to what you hear. But then he takes it one step further. He says, by the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and added. He's talking about increase. How do you, how do you have faith that increases? He's telling you, pay attention to what you hear because faith comes by hearing. So pay attention to what you hear. And then it's not just enough to hear it. You've got to begin to use it. You've got to use the faith that he's given you because as you use it, it will be given back to you and more. It will be added to you. See, listen, faith, we hear this all the time, this message, faith without works is what? It's dead. Faith without works is dead. You've got to do something with your faith. The disciples were always getting criticized, weren't they? Jesus was always saying, oh, you of little faith, or sometimes you, where, where's your faith? You don't have any faith. And so he was, they, they were with him all the time, but they weren't developing their faith because they weren't being challenged to use it. So Jesus tells them, you gotta begin to plant your faith. I wanna challenge you today. You're hearing the word, let faith rise up in you and now start using it. Because sometimes you gotta begin to speak this faith. So see, Jesus was trying to get the disciples to a place of deeper faith. And so he tells them, you gotta plant your faith. You gotta use your faith, use what you've been given. See, we've all been given a measure of faith from God, but the problem is we have to use it. We have to develop it. So faith comes as we hear and as we begin to develop, as we begin to use and plant our faith, it comes back increased to us. That's what God wants for us. He wants us not just to stay with the same little faith that we had when we got saved. He wants our faith to be developed and growing, amen? And so he, there's twice in the New Testament where Jesus calls somebody, uh, where, where he points out that they had great faith, okay? There's times where he noticed people's faith and he saw their faith and, and um, he calls the disciples little faith, but there's twice that I see two different situations where he said somebody had great faith. And I wanna look at one of them. They both happened with Gentile people, people that were outside of the covenant but Jesus recognized that even though they were outside the covenant, they had great faith. And I want to look at one of those today in Luke chapter 7. And this is the story of the Roman centurion, right? A Roman soldier, somebody who was, not only was he outside of the covenant, but he was aligned with the, the Roman government, which was, which was opposed to the, the uh, which was opposed to God, right? The Romans worshiped Caesar as a god. Um, they had all kinds of other gods. Uh, Caesar was one of them, but they, they were opposed. The, the, re, the religion of Rome was opposed to God. 
But yet this Roman centurion outside of the covenant had came to recognize who God is and he recognized Jesus. I want you to look what happens here. It says in chapter seven, verse two, a centurion slave, a centurion slave who was highly valued by him was sick and about to die. Now look what happens. It says when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him requesting him to come and save the life of his slave. So look at this. This Roman soldier heard about Jesus. Um, he heard, what was he hearing? He must have heard Jesus is healing people. Jesus is a healer. And he, you know what he didn't do? He didn't flip on the news to see what they were saying about Jesus. He didn't go to the uh, religious people and say, tell me your opinion about this Jesus, because I'm thinking of asking him to heal. He didn't do any of that. He heard, how does faith come? By hearing. He heard the word, Jesus is the healer. So listen, you want great faith. You have to, you have to hear the word and then don't, don't go and ask everybody's opinion. Well, I don't know. Is this really true? No, you get in this, you do what this word says. You believe this word. Don't worry about other people's opinions. You worry about what this word says. You get in this word and, and, and you hear that. Listen, everything in this age that we live in, everything we hear is designed to do something in our lives. It's designed to stir up emotions within us. Um, you know, there's no such thing anymore, rarely anyway, as information just for the sake of information. Everything is designed to stir up some kind of emotion in you. And usually it's fear. Fear, anxiety, worry, depression, all kinds of stuff because they recognize those things get you hooked on their words. And so the, there's, there's information that just stirs up things within us. It sparks all these emotions. Look at the way they're handling this virus. I'm sorry, but look look at the way they're handling it. Have people gotten terribly sick from this thing? Yes, they have. I mean, James was sharing about um, Greg Mundus last week, a powerful man of God who was very, very sick and almost died from this thing. It's a terrible, terrible thing. But yet we don't have to fear in the middle of all this stuff going on, church. We don't have to because we we don't we are not subject to everything this world is subject to. We don't we don't have anything to fear in this world because God's done everything for us. He's taken care of everything. But you look at the way they're handling it. Everything is meant to stir up fear, stir up fear. Get your mask on, you know, and all that. I got my mask here. I've been wearing that sometimes. And we, they, but everything is meant to, to drive us and, and, and get us from, get our eyes off of Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and get it on to what is the world telling us? What's the government saying so, to keep us safe and all this different stuff? Now get your eyes on Jesus, amen? So the centurion, he heard the word, faith came, faith rose up in him, he heard Jesus was healing, and he acted on it. He did something with it. Listen, I want you to hear this today. You've got faith. You've got faith in you. And the word of God says, every one of us has been given the measure of faith. It's as if, I heard somebody describe it the other day, it's as if God had a, a big pie and that pie is called faith. And he cut equal slices of that pie and he gave out pie faith to every one of you. Every one of us have the same measure of faith. That's why Jesus, when the disciples said, Lord, increase our, he couldn't give them more pie. They'd already been given their pie. You got your measure. But you know what you have to do? You can increase it because as you hear, more will come. As you sow it, as you begin to use it, more will come. It will grow. 
because faith is designed to grow. You might only gotten a, a measure of a mustard seed. That's all any of us might have began with. But as we begin to plant that seed, it becomes bigger. Listen, we always say we need to be hearing more of the word than of the world. And, and, and I think what we mean by that is, is only hear the word. Because sometimes we think, well, if, I, if I'm in the Word for an hour, I can be in the news for a half hour. Don't get into the, the stuff. Don't get into the doubt. Don't get into the unbelief. Don't get into the fear. It's okay to be informed, but I, I'm telling you, it's very, very difficult in this day, in this hour, to be informed without getting the message of fear, unbelief, worry, anxiety. What's going to happen next? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to have a job? Am I going to be able to provide all this? No, we have one source. This is our source. Doesn't matter what's going on around us. Amen. This is our source. So the man heard about Jesus. You guys still with me? If you're there, can you type amen? Let me know. I'm going to be watching this with you because I'm not filming this live. So I'm watching with you. Um, so let me know you're hanging out with me, okay? Um, look at what happens next. The man got to Jesus in verse 4. They reached Jesus. They pleaded with him earnestly saying, he's worthy for you to grant this because he loves our nation and he's built us a synagogue. So they came to Jesus, they said, look, Lord, this guy is worthy. I know he's a Roman, I know he's a centurion, I know he's outside of the covenant, but he's worthy. And they spoke on his behalf and said, Lord, this guy's worthy. I want you to understand something today. Now this guy, you can see it later, he didn't feel worthy, but they said, no, he's worthy. I want you to understand something today you have to recognize this because if we're talking about faith, I think this is where, again, so many people get hung up on this one issue right here. They never go any further with their faith because they're stuck on the fact that they don't feel worthy. I don't feel worthy to be a Christian. I don't feel worthy to have the grace of God. I don't feel worthy to, to you know, come to God and ask him for anything. I'll tell you what, you, you on your own, on your own efforts, you were not worthy. It's impossible for you to be worthy, but he's made you worthy. You've put on the righteousness of God. You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, amen. You've been made worthy. So that's settled. If, you, if you're born again, you are a child of God. That means you're worthy. You're worthy because see, look, if you don't believe that you are worthy to come to God. You'll never come and ask him for anything. You'll never come with boldness. The word of God says, boldly approach the throne of God. Well, I can't come boldly because I'm, Lord, I'm a sinner. And Lord, I know, you know, we had, a, I've told this story before. We had a guy came to master's commission years ago. And um, this guy struggled with a lot of insecurity. He struggled with a lot of um, guilt from his past. And I remember seeing him one day and, and uh, we came in for prayer and I, I happened to look down as we were praying, I looked down at his shoes and across his shoes was the word sinner. He, it was like a Christian a Christian brand of shoes that he bought. I didn't know there was Christian shoes, but they were Christian, but they, I think they were ungodly. Because I said to him, what do you mean? Why, why your shoes say sinner? He says, well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I, shed, I said, shut up. No, you're not. You're not just a sinner. You've been, you used to be a sinner, but you've been made the righteousness of God. You've been made worthy. And see, but he never could get over the fact that he's he's not just a sinner. So he, he, he struggled with that. Um, he struggled with that for a long time. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. I'm not worthy. No, you're worthy. 
Listen, you're worthy not because of what you've done, but because of uh, what he's done for you. Amen? Your covenant has nothing to do with what you deserve. <laughs> the covenant that God's made with you through Jesus Christ has nothing to do with what you deserve. It's got everything to do with what he's done for you. Amen. That's good. Um, look at what it says here. I'm going to come back to this Luke 7. Look at what it says in 1 John chapter 5. Hope you're getting something from this this morning. Um, this is the first time I've filmed a video here at my house, and it's a little, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, 1 John 5, verse 14, he says this, Now this is the confidence we have before him. You've got confidence before God. And he says, this is the confidence we have. What, whenever we ask anything, according to his will, he hears us. Now listen, you've got confidence today. You've got confidence before God that if you ask anything according to his will, what does God do? He hears you. He hears you. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know we have what we asked for. So in other words, if you, you can have confidence today that if you're asking him anything that's in accordance with his will, I can tell you healing's part of his will. I can tell you, um, you know, your, your provision is part of his will. I can tell you wholeness and peace in your family is part of his will. I, I know what his will is. So if I ask in accordance with his will, I know, guess what, that he hears me. And I know if he hears me, I've got whatever I ask for. That's good news today. You've got whatever you ask for. And it's not because of what I've done to deserve it. It's because of what he's done for me. You're worthy today. He made you worthy. I heard a, heard a great story about um, an evangelist. He was preaching one night and he said, the Lord just impressed on me to have the people um, say this. He said, he said they, I, I felt the Lord was telling me I, to, to tell them to say, I belong to God. Say that with me right now. I belong to God. So devil, get your hands off me. I'm God's property. And he said, I told them to say that, and I had him say, repeat that several times. I didn't know why I had him say it. I've never had anybody say that before, but the Lord just impressed on me to have them say that. And he said, I did that multiple times. And he said, there was a young woman there, and she said, that just really, it sunk home with her. It just hit home with her in her heart, and she kept repeating that. I'm God's property. Devil, get your hands off me. And she just kept saying that and saying that. And, I, you know, a couple days later, this young woman came back and gave a testimony later. She said a couple days later, she was walking home late at night and a man attacked her. And the, the, man, the man grabbed her and dragged her into an alley and was, was going to hurt her. And she said, that just came out of my spirit. I'm God's property. And she said, that man just froze. What do you, what? He didn't, he couldn't move. She said again, I'm God's property. Devil, get your hands off me. And the guy backed up a second and he stood back there and he just was frozen. And, and he, he, he didn't know why, but he was frozen for a few moments. He came forward again, and she said it again. Get your hands off me, devil. I'm God's property. The, the man couldn't move. He was frozen. And then some men came around, happened to be walking down the, the corner and saw him and chased him off. The police caught this guy, and he, he, he told the story. He said, yeah, I did it. I'm guilty. You know, I got to tell you what happened. He said, I tried to attack that woman. But as soon as she said, I'm God's properties, he said, there was a force literally pushing me back. I couldn't get my hands on her. Listen, I want you to know something. You're God's property. You belong to God. The devil's got no business getting his hands on you. You just start taking his authority. Devil, I belong to Jesus. Get your hands off me. You say that today. I belong to God. I'm God's property. Thank you, God, for that. 
And I, it's gonna bless you today, amen? But this guy, he, he was struggling with, am I worthy? But they said, no, he's worthy. Listen, you've got Jesus standing at the right hand of God. God, he's, this guy's worthy because he's under the blood. He's part of the covenant. He's, he's a, he's a born-again believer. He's a, he's a child of God. Listen, you're a child of God today, and he's made you worthy. Amen? Look at, keep going here. And he says, the, the man sends a message to Jesus as Jesus is getting close. He said, he said, Lord, I didn't consider myself worthy to come to you. That's why I sent people to you. But he says, but say the word, and my servant will be cured. For I too am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under my command. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to the other one, come, and he comes, and to my slave, do this, and he does it. And it says, Jesus heard this, and he was amazed at him, and he turned to the crowd following, and he said, I tell you, I've not found so great a faith even in all of Israel. Listen, Jesus was amazed at this man's faith. I'd love to have faith that amazes God. Wouldn't that be awesome? To have so much faith that God said, wow, I'm amazed at this guy. And, and I know I've got confidence with God that he, he hears me whenever I ask for anything. And if I know he hears me, I know he's going to do it. So I want to have that kind of faith, amen, that puts a demand on the anointing, that puts a demand on what God's done for me. It puts a demand on the favor. I want to have that kind of faith. So this man, what was, what was it that made Jesus so astonished? The man said this, say, but say the word. Lord, I know you're able. You don't even have to come to me. You just say the word. And then he starts talking about authority. So it's, it's this statement about authority that has Jesus so amazed. He said, I have soldiers under my command. I command this one, go, and he goes. And I tell another one, come, and he comes. And I tell a slave, do this, and he does it. And so he understood authority. He understood that Jesus had authority over sickness. He understood Jesus was the man in charge and it, his authority was not bound by his where he was physically. Listen, it's, it's like if a general gives, is sitting in Washington, D.C. and gives a command to his soldiers thousands of miles away, guess what's going to happen? Those guys are going to do it. The general doesn't sit around wondering, I wonder if those guys are doing what I told them. To no, they're going to do it or they're going to wind up in, in jail or something. Okay, they're going to do what they've been what they've been told to do. It's the same. That's that's faith in the word of God, believing that what I Lord, what you've told me is going to happen. I say what you say. You've given me authority. You have the authority and you've given it to me. So listen, we got to understand God's authority. Um, Peter, when he was when Jesus was walking on the water, you remember this story? He was coming out across the water and. And, and the disciples saw him. They thought it was a ghost. They started screaming. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, he used these words. He said, Lord, command me to come out. And the Lord said, come. So I, I love that because Peter said, Lord, command me. Listen, we're his to command. We're under his command. We're under his authority today. Amen. And so Peter, he said, Lord, command me. The Lord said, come. So Peter started walking. But the word of God says he saw the strength of the wind and the waves and he began to sink. See, when you're under his command, you don't have to look at the strength of anything else around. You don't have to look at the strength of COVID. You don't have to look at the strength of, of, of uh, the economy. You don't have to look at the strength of who's in the White House. None of that stuff makes any difference. You've got your eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of your faith. You keep your eyes on Jesus. 
And so Peter was walking across the water. He was doing so well, wasn't he? Until he got his eyes off of Jesus. But listen, you're under his authority, amen? You're under the authority of the word of God. Jesus gave the, so Jesus gave the command. The centurion was waiting on the word to be spoken. I bet he was sitting in his house waiting. Lord, just speak that word. As soon as you speak that word, I know something's gonna happen. And something did happen, didn't he? As soon as Jesus spoke that word, healing came. That, that servant was raised up right away as soon as Jesus spoke the word. Listen, we are not waiting on Jesus to speak any words for us. He's already spoken them. He's already spoken. He's already spoken healing. By his stripes, we were healed. Not will be healed one day when God feels like doing something. No, by his stripes, we were healed. So we have healing. I'm not waiting on his word. Now, he's waiting on me to use my faith and come into agreement with his word. Amen. His, his word, his word is peace. His word is joy. His word is wholeness. His word is prosperity in every part of my life. Listen, I'm so thankful that God has kept me, that I haven't had some of these terrible symptoms and some of these things that other people have had. Um, my body might've had something going through it, but I'm thankful his word sustained me. His word has kept me whole. Um, again, we're not waiting on God to speak any words. He's waiting on us to believe his word, amen? So, so Jesus says to this man, I tell you, or about this man, I haven't found so great a faith even in all Israel. I wanna challenge you today. Get into this word, stand on this word, speak this word, believe this word, believe the authority of this word. And I want I wanna challenge you to have, to move into a season of great faith for everything. You believe God for everything. You believe God for your finances. You believe God for your health, your healing, whatever might be going on in your, in your family, whatever it might be. You believe God today and you stand on this word, amen. I hope that encouraged you today. I wanna pray for you right now. If you would, right where you are, if you would just bow your heads. And I wanna continue this, um, this topic of faith next week and maybe, maybe on, onward after that too and just continue to encourage you because this is building our muscle memory. It's building our, our, our muscle memory using the faith that we have. We've heard, this, we've heard this kind of word, I don't know how many times over the years you've heard about faith, but listen, we gotta continue to hear it. We gotta, cause that's how faith comes. Keep hearing it and start using it. Start planting your faith. I wanna challenge you, plant your faith today. Pray with me. Right now, maybe you're watching this and you're, you know your life isn't right with Jesus Christ. Today, you wanna make it right. This is your moment. Listen, if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you, you respond right now because you don't know how many more chances you're gonna get. This is your day, this is your moment, this is your hour. You pray with me and you say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me. I turn, I turn my life over to you. I'm yours to command. Lord, I wanna bring myself under your authority. I wanna, I wanna align myself and use my faith, Lord, to reach out and take hold of you. Lord, I thank you for saving me today. You say that with me right now. If you need salvation, you say, Lord, save me today. I give you my life, Jesus. Forgive me for my sins and make me a new person. Amen, amen. Listen, for the rest of you, I want you to make this faith declaration with me and, and believe this and say this with me right now. Say, I'm God's property. Devil, get your hands off me. I belong to Jesus. I'll give you a moment, say that. I'm God's property. I belong to Jesus. 
I am full of the word of God. I'm feeding my faith every day. I'm planting my faith. There is no mountain. There is no mulberry tree that can stand against me. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Lord is bringing health to my body. He's providing for all my needs as I'm faithful to do what the word of God says. I believe this word is truth and I thank God for working in every area of my life and my family. Listen, I hope that that blessed you today. I'm confident in the word of God. I'm confident that his word is true. I'm confident and I put my confidence and my hope and my trust in him today. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon.